Welcome back to yet another installment of At the Devil's Ball. I am Nathaniel, the host. We are here to talk about movies, horror films in a positive and productive manner. And uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, uh, Samuel Numenay. Hey, what's up? Not much, not much. And today we've got, uh, we've got a pretty special little episode. Um, we've been spending all of our time working on the Supernatural specials that we just sort of uh, bailed on any sort of uh, theme for the month, and right. uh, both of us decided we would select a uh, a random film to do. And Sammy uh, really, really wanted to do demons, right. uh, demoni, demoni. Yes. I wanted to do it so much that I thought we were doing it when we did Night of the Demons for a exactly. minute. Exactly. Yeah, I had to tell you like five, six times. Right. Like, well, no, so, no. so to make up for it, I w- I only watched Night of the Demons for this podcast. Um, yeah. Well, that's not gonna be a problem. So now <laughs> it's just gonna be eat a bowl of fuck and be like, Sam, that's not the right movie. Right. Right. It's not the right film, pal. But I wore the pig nose and everything, I man. Really wore it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Demons uh, is a particularly bizarre little Italian film uh, directed by Lombardo Baba, son of the great Mario Baba. Um, and uh, you could uh, probably debate for days on whether or not the talent was genetically transmitted or not. Um, he was also he was also kind of mentored by uh, Dario Argento. Dario Argento after so. Baba died, yes. Right. So that's um, yeah. So it was uh, so Sam's got the vital stats on that. So we'll yep. get to that. We'll uh, we'll throw that over to him, and then we'll uh, we'll start talking uh, de Monet. All right. So yeah, this is uh, kind of one of the quintessential uh, you know Italian schlock fests where it's hard to tell who who who's responsible for what because it's just a big stew. It's Mm-hmm. For for my mind, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters of uh, Italian horror, or you know maybe like a super group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the traveling Wilburys of Italian horror. We've got a uh, like you said, Liberto Bava, son of Mario Bava, directed it. Uh, he was one of the writers on it. Uh, the other writers, and I apologize in advance. We we're going to be doing this the whole thing. It's a lot of Italian names. Yeah. I I do not speak into the Italian. I I can barely figure out English, so we're gonna yeah. mangle these names pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, Dardano Sacchietti uh, as one of the writers. He also wrote uh, the Devilfish uh, episode of Mystery Science Theater. Did one of that? Yeah. Uh, the the church. He, he wrote the, the he wrote the movie, not the yeah, not the episode. Yeah, he, not the episode. He did the yeah. movie that they they did. Yeah. Uh, he also did the church and the ogre, which were kind of uh, demon sequels later on. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, demons Two, Blade of the Dark, Manhattan Baby. He had a small uh, writing credit on uh, Amityville 2. Um, I'm not sure how much he did for that. But uh, yeah. anyways, you think of a Dario Argento or Fulci horror movie he had, had in there. Um, obviously, Dario Argento uh, was involved in the writing. He also produced it. it I think it always had the a film by Dario Argento kind of tagline on, on all the posters and well, stuff. The, to the point where... Presents. People... It was a Dario Argento presents. Yeah, right? much, like, uh, much like, like people think Wes Craven made... Uh, 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 like a lot of the movies, like what, uh, like what yeah. Chris Craven made Wishmaster because right, or or like a lot of those, Master. or even more recently, a lot of those Tarantino presents, you know, kind of Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People, one, people right? still, uh, people still credit like Guillermo del Toro for the orphanage. Right? It was like it was yeah. not Guillermo del Toro, but yeah, yep. but yeah. But that kind but of thing. Like, people, people think that Dario Argento made this film, right? Like still to this day. Yeah. Um. So we've got uh, Franco Farini. Uh, who wrote uh, Once Upon a Time in America, Phenomena, uh, Demons 2, The Opera, The Church. Uh, he did the, uh, he wrote at least partially the script for uh, the Dario Argento half of Two Evil Eyes, The Black Cat. Okay. Uh, trauma. Um, and then producer, obviously, Dario Argento. I don't think we need to go through his filmography. No, um, everybody should know who he is. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got music by Claudio Simonetti, uh, Goblin fame. Goblin, yep. Again, if you know Goblin, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. Um, we've got editor uh, Piero Baza. Uh, he was one of the people who edited the Italian cut, the European cut of Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Um, Demons 2, The Black Cat. The Black Cat um, is actually another Dario Argento produced film that's also based on the... the uh, yes. I believe it's based on the short story, but it's not Two Evil Eyes Black Cat. It's a different film entirely. No, yeah. Uh, he also did the church uh, production design by David Bassan. Uh, makeup department: We've got Sergio Stilla, sorry, Stivaletti. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of in his day in the mid '80s, like the uh, the Italian Tom Savini. He's the guy who went for if he had, you know, really good at uh, really complicated effects. He was really good at uh, doing um, mechanical effects and creature yep. effects. Um, mm-hmm. He did like uh, the birds, uh, the crows, and uh, which Dario Argento movie was that? Was that Opera? I think Opera had the ravens. Yeah, yeah, the ravens. Yeah, they're like the, those were all mechanical ravens in the opera. I love stuff that. like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and then uh, as far as the cast, uh, we got Urbano Barberini, who uh, was in Gore 1 and Gore 2. Um, he played George. Natasha Hovey played Cheryl. Carl Zinni played Ken. Uh, Fidre Argento played Hannah, um, one of the daughters of Dario Argento. Yep, she ended up going, according to Joe Bob Briggs, she went on to do, uh, do a career as a uh, costume designer. Oh, and okay. uh, she did not. Uh, she did not like making this movie. But yeah, she she visited a few of uh, Argento's films and then this, and that was about it. Yeah. She did most recently. She was in the Card Player, which I haven't seen. That was a late stage Argento. Yeah, came out in two thousands somewhere. Yeah, after after Argento kind of fell out of favor. Yeah, right, right. We got Paola Caso uh, as Kathy. Uh, she was a Demonia and uh, Cat in the Braid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fabiola Toledo. Uh, played Carmen. Uh, let me skip down to the end because there's a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Mikel or Michael Soavi, uh, who later went on to direct Cemetery Man, aka Della Morte, Della More. Yeah. Um, he, he was an assistant director on this, I believe, and he was also working on um, the Dario Argento uh, documentary, Dario Argento's World of Horror, when yeah. um, and then Michel, Michel Suave would go on to like direct the church. And, right, and the uh, church. Homes. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, yeah. Cemetery Man was, uh, I think, the one that people most know, I, I would think. Um, yeah, probably. But they also cast him in two roles. He played a character in the movie, inside the movie, and then he played the uh, what you yeah. think is going to be a slasher killer at the beginning of the film with yeah. the guy with the, the mask on. And he kind of ended up being kind of like the final boss yeah. anyway. Right, yeah. 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 We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and as far as um, if I know this is our first uh, Italian schlock film, um, mm. so maybe it, maybe it bears saying that this is one of those in the series where it had two direct sequels and then like a, just a whole bunch of unofficial sequels of movies that were yeah retitled. Um, we got Demons One, Demons Two. We've got Demons Three, The Ogre. Demons mm-hmm. another Demons Three, The Church. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Demons Four, The Devil's Daughter. Demons Five, The Mask of the Demon. Mm-hmm. Demon Six uh, is the Black Cat, um, yeah. and Demon Seven was uh, a retitle of Cemetery Man. So it's kind of mm-hmm. they also called it Demons Ninety Five in some places. Really bizarre shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's it for the I think the bullet points of the cast I think for the crew. Hmm. Well, you did forget one uh, one crucial mm-hmm. figure, and I need, yes. need to know who played him. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, the pimp. Oh, the pimp! I did write it down. I just skipped it because we had yeah, so we many gotta, names. We gotta, we gotta talk about the pimp. That was yeah. Uh, shoot, I'm gonna have to look it up. That body, dude. IMDb, because that was yeah. The pimp and the the couple of Tony was Tony. Tony the yes. pimp was paid by Bobby Rhodes. Yes. Uh, Every, everybody sure get I've away! Everybody it? else get away! <laughs> yeah, we gotta get out of here. He was you playing, you know, kind of with shit. He was play, kind of playing a less sensitive, uh, racially sensitive version of like, uh, you know, Ken Foray from Dawn of the Dead. Or, yeah. or uh, yeah. I actually wondered that when I was watching this movie, uh, watching this movie again, if if, if he was um, meant to be somewhat evocative of um, Ben from Night of the Living yeah. Dead. Yeah. The, like, first time the-, I, the first time I watched it, it was like a shitty uh, VHS copy. It was like a copy of a copy of a copy. Oh, yeah. You know, I got from some, you know convention or bootleg or somewhere yeah and i at first i actually thought it was ken foray um mm-hmm. for a minute there and i'm like oh no it's not okay but it definitely feels like it should be if it wasn't yeah and then they liked him so much that he comes back in the sequel playing an entirely I, different character bobby Rhodes, and he basically plays yeah. the same character except he's like a fitness instructor right so, that's a very that's a very italian film kind of thing where yeah. you know they get the same actors playing different characters but kind of the same or they put mm-hmm. the same uh, film together, but it's just you know. In fact, I think. In fact, I think when we're done recording this, I'm almost certainly going to watch Demons Two because I, right. I actually, another great. I actually prefer Demons Two to mm-hmm. Demons One. 
Some people do. I'm I'm yeah. I'm kind of they're kind of even in my mind, but I usually yeah. start with the first, so I, I'll give that top billing. Yeah. So, so how would you how would you describe this film? What's the plot of this film? So as well, it, as I mean, it were. as it were, uh, yeah. I mean, basically, the general idea is a bunch of characters of various walks of life, most of whom have absolutely no business being at this particular film. Right. Uh, they go to a sneak preview of a film that is untitled. It's never given a title on the no. in the film. Um, I'm going to bet that if if you were to you know put a gun to Argento's head, it would be the, the movie of the, uh, the name of the movie in the movie is demons. Right. That would be my guess. Um, or something go, like, you know, Nostradamus is grave or something. Yeah. Who, who knows? But anyway, they all go in uh, various walks of life. They're all watching the sneak preview. And then uh, in the lobby, there's a mask, this weird mask and a Yamaha and a bunch of posters for Argento films because apparently right. the Italians are shameless. And then, um, a, and then a bunch of like you know metal posters like ACDC and stuff just to, to fill out the the walls, you know. And I'm I'm sure we'll talk about the soundtrack at some point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But um, in the uh, but yeah, so basically they all go to the sneak preview, and then uh, a prostitute mm. gets infected by the mask and becomes a demon, and then she bites which, her fellow prostitute, which becomes which I think is a good lesson there. If there's a lesson in this movie, is like, hey, you know, if you go someplace, don't just start touching everything, you know, it's exactly not your stuff. Right? Well, I mean, I actually made that point. Uh, uh, Lori and I watched it together. My girlfriend, we were watching it. And I, right. and I was like, this is reminding me of my hotel days. Because I was like, <laughs> right. I, I'm like, don't touch things. Like, people yeah. are like, I'm going to touch everything. I'm like, stop touching things. Right. You know, like, there are it, certain things you are allowed to touch. There are other it, things you are yeah, not it, allowed to Yeah, it does to not belong to you. It's part of the display. Leave it alone. But people love to put their hands on all kinds of shit. Right. And, um... But yeah, so I mean, basically the idea is that uh, then the breakout happens. It's basically, right. uh, it's kind of a zombie film, but not yeah. really a zombie film. But basically one by one, people get turned into demons and the rest of the group try to escape the theater, find out they can't. Right. And people get bitten one by one. And our basically our main characters are four kind of generic white people mm-hmm. who um, aren't particularly useful or effective at anything. No. And they just sort of run away a lot. And yeah. There's like so. There's virtually no story here. No, no. Uh, there's there's so little story that they had to put another movie inside the movie just to uh, have a way of I think blasting past all the sort of uh, backstory and you know exposition that that another movie would have to have for it. And, you what, know? What, and what a movie it is. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite part of that, the movie within the movie, is uh, you know the guy's looking at the book mm-hmm. in Nostradamus's tomb, and he's like, right. I can't read it wait, I can read it. I'm like, that's fantastic. And yeah. like, and then uh, there's a great exchange where one of the other characters says, uh, where the guy says, don't touch the mask. And he says, why? He's like, because it'll turn you into a demon. Right. And yeah, then the guy this... says, how do you know that? And he says, because it says it will turn you into a demon. And right. I'm like, if I remade this movie, that would be kept verbatim. Right, I, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I'm like, it's such a great exchange and it's so Italian. But it yeah. would be like the idea of like, how do you know that this mask will turn me into a demon? Because it says right here, it'll turn you into a demon. Right. Um, and uh, although, although if they remade it now, they would have to cut cut to a flashback of that girl watch, where, touching the mask in the lobby, because they'd figure the audience would have forgotten by that point. <laughs> you might be right. You might uh, be right. Uh, I I wouldn't if I remade. Yeah, I mean, nor uh, would I. I, I mean, if I were to remake it, I'd add a little bit more character development. That's probably the only thing I'd change. Right. Is I'd give the characters a little bit more of an identity in the opening yeah. sequences. But other than that, because um, they don't have any. In no, movie, no, they're there's... they're they're all variations on um, caricatures, and I think part of that, um, since this is our first Italian schlock film, you know, yeah. there's they're they're all made for audiences that don't speak the same language. You know, a lot of them weren't even filmed in the same language. They're no. certain scenes are filmed in some language, you know, others. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a less of a, a need to. I don't know. You want to call it bulletproof it against cinema sins, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're just like, you know, we're going on feeling and getting stuff done and it doesn't have to all make sense. Everybody doesn't have it to have a huge character arc. Um, no. Cause this has to play, you know, in Spain and in France and in America and yeah. you know, Brazil and, you know, yeah. um, so I kind of love it. That's part of the thing I love about it. Other than, you know, it's just got this really, heavy metal punk rock 80s uh, energy yeah. to it where it's like just fuck it we're just throwing everything at the wall and you're gonna have yeah. some fun you know um, mm-hmm. 
they, you know, they get the ball rolling so fast in this that, you know, there's almost no need for much character development because, I mean, halfway through the film, they have to cut to other people coming to the theater because they're like, oh, we're running low we're on really cast members. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, well, that and to establish uh, 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 what we end up finding out at the end of the film is that the, the to make sure that the infection spreads outside right. of the theater. But, yeah, that's um, the other that's the other reason for bringing them in because you know obviously the police um, you know are the opening the doors and the police getting you know there mm-hmm. kind of the way that it got spread to the outside. Yeah, um, I would call this I would call this a zombie movie ninety nine percent of the way, except for you know when the demons actually affect the the geography the geography of the place yeah um you know it's kind of like the argument are you know deadite zombies or are they demons well they're kind of both well, you know? both. yeah yeah i mean either way you're talking about an infection of right. some kind i mean i think the difference is that zombie the zombie apocalypse tends to be thought of as viral right uh whereas the demon is mystical yeah you know but, but this reality, is kind of the same this virus. is kind of spread you know the same way as a zombie virus you know you get scratched you scratch your bit yeah and then you get better scratched or puked on uh you yeah. know yeah. unless you're the one guy who gets slashed and never turns at the end but you know they just forgot about him apparently yeah yeah um wait did he did george get slashed i, I trying to remember yeah yeah did he okay he got it, yeah he got slashed like a real like a small cut but it was like you know who cares right. at this point yeah, cares, <laughs> yeah. i mean the, well the, the ending of the film i mean also that's i mean well obviously we're gonna spoil it because if, right. if you're watching this you've seen demons yeah uh, well, if you haven't turn this off and right. see demons and then maybe demons. come back although it, to, to use the word spoilers in a italian schlock film right. um yeah. but i mean like basically the main character the main female inexplicably turns right. into a demon in the very last frame of the film. Right. And they like kick her off, they shoot her in the face. <laughs> yeah, they shoot her, her and knock her off the truck. And, uh, but I mean like, yeah. And so it's sort of like, uh, you know, and we never see why, how she got infected. It doesn't right. matter. Yeah. You know? it, because just doesn't, it just doesn't right. matter. None of it matters. You're, no. you're, you're all dead by dawn. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this was, uh, I think this was one of the, the bigger, um, video nasties uh in the yeah. UK that they really harped on um obviously they had to cut a lot of the gore and a lot of the uh the, the effects but mm-hmm. the i'm sure you've seen this already you know the one thing that gave it the most problem was that you know cocaine in the middle yep um where they smelled the cocaine everywhere and they're kind of grossly snorting it off that lady and scraping it off the seats and well, the, the, the scene that apparently was the big deal uh, that they had to cut was in that scene, but yeah. it was she had um, cocaine on her breasts. breasts. Right. And so they used a uh, straight razor to scrape it off of her nipple. Right. And then he and, cuts her with it. Yeah. And I couldn't watch that scene. Right. That, that actually, I had to, I got squeamish. I had to actually, oh, yeah. because that straight razor up against that nipple, like the, I could almost like feel the sensitivity of that. Right. I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's just like watching, uh, I don't usually get bothered by needles in film, right? but mm-hmm. I, I don't like to watch them in real life. If I, I could, I could right. take a needle shot like a man, but I have to look away. I can't watch yeah. them put the needle in. Um, and it's funny cause I can watch somebody get hit with an ax in the face over right. and over again but you put but a little delicate a movie yeah, yeah I mean, you put a little delicate weapon delicate little thing right. um in fact the audition comes to that mind as well people usually cite that as the most disturbing sequence in audition is the acupuncture needle in the eye oh yeah right or old boy for um, example which is the removal of the teeth uh right. you know like first and we can handle the extreme violence it's those little tiny little things yeah the, and the, that's the pain and the that's pain an under that's an yeah, that's an underlooked thing in this film, you know, because it, it it is a very subtle, um, intensely shot scene um, mm-hmm. out of out of pretty much nowhere, you know. And when you're like, oh, there's a weird, well, there's a weird sadomasochistic vibe to it, too, yeah. where she's she's kind of turned on by the fact that there's right. a nipple up against, there's a straight razor up against her nipple, right? Um, it's a, but it is a scene that I I, I actually literally had a hard time looking directly at right. um, because it was. Uh, I was like that that straight razor against the nipple. I was like, I can't, I can't even look at that. that right, that and she the fuck out. And she looks like, I mean, too young to be in this movie. Um, <laughs> a little bit. She's not, uh, but no. just you know, her babyish face. She's kind of got a, uh, um, oh, she, she kind of looked like, um, oh, I forgot the name. 
Uh, well, never mind. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> she looks. She's got a little bit of Linda Blair in her, and a little bit of uh, Piazzadora uh, look to her. Um, Piazzadora. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she does. I mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that scene like it kind of comes out of nowhere, and like they're like, especially where it comes in the movie, it's kind of like you know the middle of the second act where where you know, things are really escalating and multiple, like, anyways, and, mul- and multiple times, like they right. keep cutting back to it. It's not one right. sequence that ends with them getting into the theater. It's spread right. out over like yeah. twenty minutes. But it's one of those scenes. Back. It's one of those scenes where when I think of the scene, you know, when I'm not watching the movie, I think it's at the beginning. Yeah, uh, and then every time I watch the movie, uh, especially this time, like the twenty minute it, mark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I watched it on YouTube this time because I was running low on time. I didn't have time to do my Blu-ray, mm-hmm. um, and I thought for a few minutes that it was the edited version that had cut that scene out. And then I'm like, oh no, there it is, yeah. right? Because yeah. apparently that is the scene that gets edited out the most, right? Um, in Europe, there's. Yeah, and I mean, in, by that point, there's so much has happened that would pretty much put it on the video nasties list um, yeah. that it's almost kind of comical that that's what they've had the most problem with. Well, I mean, the video nasties has some has some pretty hilarious films on it, right? In terms I mean, of what they thought was too much. I mean, Contagion. Yeah, some awful. of them. Some of them were just based on the the name or the. Uh, yeah. I mean, know, Contagion. Who, who made it? You know, Rift Tracks has done Contagion. <laughs> right. Know, like it's it's not. Uh, it is not a nasty yeah. film at all. Yeah, this one is a nasty film. This, this is a pretty nasty film. Yeah, I would not show this to you know me in middle school. Well, maybe middle school, but not you know kid me when I was watching. I know, I probably in elementary school and such. But I probably saw it when I was thirteen or fourteen. Right, that's the same um, yeah, and uh, along with demons too, because they were all in the. Uh, I talked about this when we did Night of the Demons, mm-hmm. where I would go to my local video store, right, the, uh, Home Vision Video at the time. And they had uh, they their library rentals of five five movies for five nights for five bucks, and right. I would just raid. The oh yeah, same here. section. And right. so I would be like, and I think Demons and Demons Two were two films, and I remember Demons Two. I think I rented more because I liked the box box right. art, right? More, uh, the big face on the front. It was actually Asia, uh, Asia Argento's yeah. face is on the front of the box right. in Demons Two. She's not in this one. She's in. Uh, she's in Demons too. Yeah, I never much cared for the uh, the box art, the poster for for Demons. Uh, no. It was pretty much the same poster used everywhere. And yeah, I know in the uh, growing up in the video store when I would see it, I'd be like, "Oh, this just looks like the fog," you know. And mm-hmm. I wasn't too much into the fog at the time. Yeah, I think um, it looked to so me I skipped like it until then. Night of the Living Dead, kind of. Yeah, like it yeah. Me was like you know, here's another movie about because I think the front cover is basically just zombies with glowing eyes. Right, but it's like a, it's blue and it, they're yeah. coming up the stairs. So like the the one of the covers for the fog was always that shot of the zomb the zomb yeah. that's obviously the ghost coming out of the fog with the glowing eyes. See what's eyes. funny though is that actually that box art didn't do much for me, but the shot in the film is actually really good. Right. Oh, it's a great shot, and yeah. they had a they had a much better. Um, cover for the uh the soundtrack uh Mm. which was it was like a demon hand dripping blood holding an auditorium a theater auditorium Mm. i'm like that that's a way more kick-ass uh cover um so since we kind of talked about the soundtrack let's uh hell of a soundtrack uh absolutely billy idol's on this thing right yeah so we got uh we've got walking on the edge by rick springfield which A little out of place, um, hmm. but it's a good track, and you know he's he's he was big at the time. Yeah, uh, "Save Our Souls" by Motley Crue. We've got a hmm. uh, "Night Danger" by Pretty Maids, and this is the only song by them I know. <laughs> right. Uh, we close our eyes by Go West. Um, what was their big hit? Was that Big Country? No, that was Big Country. That was Big, big Country. Country. Big right, Country. Yeah. Was big Country. Yeah. I know there was a big big hit that they had. That I can't remember. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a music guy. I don't know that yeah. much about it. Send Send My Heart by the Adventures. Again, it's they might have been big in Europe or mm. at the time. Uh, White Wedding. White Wedding. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. They put the biggest track by far in the scene that got cut the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're in the um, car. Yeah, the 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 no good the car are in the car yeah. uh, listening to White Wedding. Yeah. Right. So then we got uh, Fast as a Shark by Accept and uh, Everybody Up by Saxon. Um, you know, it's it came out in '85. I think it may not have come to the states by '86, but you know, it's kind of felt of the same zeitgeist, obviously, as re- like Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, where it's got that, you know kick-ass hardcore well not hardcore but you know what i mean like a uh return of the living dead was more of a punk soundtrack and this is more of a metal soundtrack but yeah 
they kind of feel the same DNA, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, versus, but however, the Return of the Living Dead had like the sense of humor about itself. Oh, it was the it was the Go West did uh, the King of Wishful Thinking, and we close our eyes. That's the King of Wishful Thinking. Thank you, Jed. You are by far better half. (laughs) She just came over with that, and she's like, "This is this one is (laughs) nice." Yeah. It's uh, it's it is a hell of a soundtrack. I mean, I don't know who half those bands are. I'm not a, I'm not a music. Uh, well, Saxon, um, obviously, everybody knows Motley Crue. Motley yeah, Crue. Saxon, I know Motley Crue, Billy Idol. Yeah. Saxon is kind of like one of those bands that kind of had a um, kind of like a King Diamond or like Alice Cooper kind of kind of vibe to them, but they they were like more Viking inspired. Um, oh, okay. They had a lot of. They're not exactly my speed, but their track in this rocks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I prefer metal bands that don't have, that are just like lo-fi. Let's let's go out there and have a show. Like they don't have yeah. this whole theatrical thing going on. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a kick-ass soundtrack. Um, and it really fits with the movie. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what else you would put in a movie that has this kind of vibe and pace to it. No, it would, I mean, if only if anything, I think you would have to go harder. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you could do like speed metal, maybe would yeah. work better. But uh, yeah, but I mean, metal, yeah. or like thrash, uh, cradle of filth. Right. Like you know, I, I feel I like even... a lot of a lot of death metal is slow though. Like in a lot of ways. But yeah, I, I don't know anything about. Metal. Yeah. Like uh, I just know certain names. I think are fine. Right. Cradle of filth. Like um, you know, they maybe like they could put like Burzum and Mayhem in there, and there's actually like you know, put them in in their sh- footage of the guy blowing his own head off. Maybe that would work. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's like a how I for, I was gonna check when I was watching this, but how long does it take for them to actually start the shit hitting the fan? I feel like it was like before the half hour mark. It it's is. only an eighty-eight minute film. Yeah, it, I think it's it twenty minutes, long. twenty twenty-five minutes at most. Yeah, I mean, what you got the opening sequence of right. Lady on the Train. Yeah, that's then, let's let's talk about the opening a little bit because that's yeah. a whole other movie that they made in one scene. Yeah, um, you know that that felt like we were gonna watch a you know giallo film uh, yeah. for a minute there yeah. or a slasher film and yeah she's getting well, she's kind of getting she feels like she's getting stalked on the train yeah um uh, very uh very oh she was definitely getting stalked stalked on the train i mean yeah yeah but i mean like yeah i mean it was re- very reminiscent of um i don't know if it i don't know if it had come out yet of dress to kill yeah. Uh, the first uh, the first twenty minutes of Dress to Kill. I want to say Dress to Kill was like eighty three, so I think I think maybe it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. But uh, it, it had that feel of uh, it was obviously Dress to Kill was referencing sort of like Hitchcock plus Giallo. Right. Um, and so you know you had that in a film. Uh, Dress to Kill. By the way, you should watch Dress to Kill, but uh, then instantly forget Dress to Kill. If you haven't watched Dress to Kill, yeah. watch Dress to Kill and then forget about Dress to Kill. Um, right. It's being uh, because now like, yeah we're never gonna cover that movie but it's it it no. is a it's a I, great, it's a great film but I mean it gets it's we're gonna have to have so much talk stuff. yeah so much talk about the problematics of it but it's um, yeah. it's it's a greatly made film it just has it's another uh, you know cross dressers are evil killers movie and yes. there's too many of those already De Palma rocks <laughs> that hmm. um, oh it's 1980 so it's gonna it had been out for five years okay yeah. But anyway, the opening, uh, if like, here's your little film school reference though, is that, okay, don't watch Dress to Kill. Watch the first 20 minutes of Dress right. to Kill. Uh, it is how you do artsy serial killer giallo <laughs> stuff. But, but anyway, that's, that's what it reminds me of is the idea. Well, and, of, you know, you're a Palm- mundane right. location being stalked by somebody and she's, you know, we don't know really where, what, who she is or what she's doing there. Yeah. She's standing out. She doesn't seem like she belongs, you know. No, because they show a bunch of like old people and a bunch of punks and like, old people know, and she's punks. Just, yeah. She just kind of looks like somebody from the suburbs, you know. Or, yeah, she looks like I think she actually is like a university student in this, but they never really say because it doesn't matter. But you know, that's she mentions when she gets off the train and meets up with her friend. She they talk about how they just, to go to class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're 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 due to class, and she says, "How about instead of class, we go to the movie?" Right. Um, we'll skip class today. And they go to see the film, and that's when they encounter. Uh, and then they go to the film, and then we see a couple of other people. We have the old, the old couple, right? Uh, their anniversary, which I made the joke watching it with Lori. I'm like, "There's yeah. our anniversary right there," and she's like, she, "She's like, this <laughs> right. is our anniversary." And he says, "Like, shut up! <laughs> like, right? At least I'm taking you to a show, you dumb bitch!" And like, it's it, like, yeah, you know, 
They've got the uh, the uh, blind guy who's being cuckolded. Uh, well, it's his daughter. Yeah, it's was it his daughter? I thought yeah, it was his wife. His no, uh, he he. I think he calls her even my worse. Girl. That's gross. He calls her my little girl. Yeah, right. I think. But yeah, basically the idea is the blind guy goes, which is something Joe Bob Joe Bob did this for his uh, quote unquote last drive in right. marathon, which actually right, ultimately right. became the resurgence First, of his yeah. career. Um, right. But uh, he talks about it when he asked that. It's like, do blind people go to the movies? And I was like, well, actually, I think they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, I think that blind people go and they have somebody who describes it to them. Right. Um, and uh, especially if they weren't born blind. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, if I were to go blind tomorrow, I would probably still watch movies and have like Lori describe what's going on to me, but I probably right. wouldn't do it in a movie theater. No, um, no. But I believe it's supposed to be his daughter, that his daughter's right, okay. there with the film to to describe it to him. And then she arranges to meet up with the, the boyfriend. Right. Uh, who is, uh, she clearly has a daddy thing because the, the, the boyfriend is also far older. Really old, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he starts and, feeling her up like right next to the blind guy. I'm like, the blind guy's right like next to her, yeah. I, I've known blind people. They have pretty good hearing. They, I made that joke. Just, I was yeah, like, this motherfucker's like, like daredevil. Like he should yeah. probably be able to smell what's going on. You know, like, we had a we had a blind teacher in our high school. I never had him, but he was a math teacher. But you know, it was like the first time I realized that you know blind people could tell everybody apart by the way they walked and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. they learn how to do yeah. other things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, and then yeah. we and then we got the the pimp and his two hookers who show up on on a, on a work night. I would think they're they're leaving money on the table by showing up, but you know, you got to well, have R and R. You I know? think I think that was the idea. I think Laurie made something made a joke about that that he was he was he had to do something nice for his right. pose. You know, it was uh, it was you know they just had their employee reviews, so they they got to go. Uh, yeah, they're the they're <laughs> the two they're the two top. Uh, oh, hookers of the month. Yeah, yeah, they're they're employee of the month. Yeah, right. Their uh, pictures are up on a, a men's room stall somewhere. Um, <laughs> right, but uh, and, and we get the uh, again, we get the couple uh, of jocks. We get a couple uh, of like. Meat we here on the yeah. we here on the uh, on the devil's ball. We're we're supportive of sex workers. Please don't yes. uh, please don't send us hate mail. No, uh, we, are. we are supportive of sex workers. If you're a prostitute, go for it. Make your yep. money. But uh, well, that doesn't mean we can't make jokes about it. But kill kill your pimp though because he's exploiting you. Um, exactly. Yeah. Get you know get an OnlyFans. Right. You know, yep. Screen your own clients. It's the twenty for twenty first century. You don't. Yeah. Need we can. Guys we can do this. Um, and these stones, I mean, even though he's kind of a character of a 70s pimp, you know, in 1985, for some reason, yeah. um, you know, he doesn't see, he's, he's verbally abusive to him a little bit, but it mean, doesn't seem like he's like, you know, like the, the worst pimp in the world. It's not like Taxi Driver, you know, Harvey Keitel. He's, yeah, he's, style. Not, he's not smacking him or anything. Right. In fact, he seems like he's having a good time with them. To be, yeah. to be fair. I mean, like, they seem like they're actually having a good relationship. And then it seems like they want to be there as well. So, you yeah. know, hey. And he just calls them names. He calls them, you know, bitch or whatever. Bitch, yeah. yeah. You know, but they, they seem to be having a good time. But, yeah, then we meet George and uh, and uh, uh, Ken, mm -hmm. the two regular guys. Right. And then the young couple, uh, which is Argento's daughter and her boyfriend. Right. And all of them are basically just in the theater. So that, that, takes, up, that takes us up to about minute... 12 13 <laughs> and then the, like that, yeah. then the movie then the movie within the movie starts that runs mm -hmm. about 10 minutes and then yeah. while that movie's running then we have the the prostitute turns, turns right. into monster i i gotta say you know often almost every time that when there's a movie within a movie it's it's it either breaks the mst3k rule of never put a good movie in the you middle of your bad movie yeah or or um you know the the movie inside the movie is so bad that like it's it's beyond satire yeah, I think that I think this, these are pretty evenly evenly matched. I would watch either of them. Um, yeah, this one this one would be more my uh, the regular movie, not the movie within the movie would be more my speed. But um, yeah, it definitely. It, I, I well, they felt like a, the characters hmm? respond to the movie within the movie as if it's like the most frightening right. film that's ever been screened. Yeah, um, it, I kind of got like a Tombs of the De the Blind Dead vibe off of the the ten minutes we saw that movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch and that. It, and so the plot of that movie within the movie is basically four people on motorcycles go to right. what is apparently Nostradamus's tomb. Right. Apparently, you can just drive a motorcycle up to. Yeah. Find yeah. basically his grave is not buried. It's just right. there's a there's a there's a box. sarcophagus or something. Yeah. yeah. They open it up and there's a book and a mask and right. they and then we see some stuff of like you know a girl in a tent getting stabbed and. Right. Yeah. Then it turns into a slasher film basically. Yeah. Um, 
the demon in that in that film he becomes possessed by a demon but he starts using actual weapon right yeah like where did he where did he get where did he get kitchen knives in the middle of nowhere you know kind of yeah one in his bag but it yeah but it's nice because um that's right when things start kicking off in the in the actual film and yeah they the events on screen and the events of the theater kind of mirror each other very well i think not they're not exactly the same because yeah. they're different different plots, but you know you have the scene where the lady's turning into a, into a zomb- zombie demon, whatever, zombie demon, um, yeah. uh, in front of the screen, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is great!" You know, it's uh, oh wait, she might actually be dying. Yeah. Um, they kind of was that Scream Two where they kind of used that same trope. Scream Two, yeah, Scream yeah. Two did have open with the uh, with uh, Jada Pinkett right. Smith getting right. stabbed, and they think it's promotional yeah. for the actual slasher film, and then realize she's dead. This this is film, also, it's not quite played that way. She comes out of the screen and they, they do right. respond as if something is wrong. But it takes then, them a minute. It takes them a couple minutes to well, it takes them to, it. I think that they actually say don't, don't go near her at right. the beginning. And then they start realizing she's transforming. Right. Um, but yeah. But at first, at first they didn't. They definitely caught on quicker than in Scream 2 because that yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith is deader than dead by the time they're like, oh, wait, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of the first movies I can think of uh, chronologically. It's definitely one of the only ones that come to mind where um, it plays with the concept slash urban legend of like a, a film so evil that, you know, sure. the evil escapes the screen and, and, and destroys, you know, the real world. Yes. Um, you know, obviously uh, they're, was a cigarette burns and master of horror did yes. that mm-hmm. um there's an independent film that i quite like that i have i didn't plan it but i'm wearing the the shirt for mortal remains well, i think I've seen um that. yeah uh that's a good one that's like a fake documentary about this you know film that is so bad that people rioted and you know mm-hmm. the filmmaker disappeared um there was one that came out recently too uh <laughs> i watched it not too long ago and i forget the title of it and, you know, um, I think the first instance of something like that that I can think of at all is um, what, The King in Yellow. I don't know if you ever read that short story book. I, I, I don't know if I've read it. I'm aware right. of it. Okay. But that was the one where, like, you know, the thread throughout the short stories was that there was this play called The King in Yellow that was, yes. you know, basically a doorway to, you know, the old gods, the um, the Lovecraftian, you know, madness, and everybody who saw it went crazy. Right. Um I, I, that's kind of an underused uh, urban legend that I kind of dig. Um, I, it was nice to see it involved kind of in a way here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and in the second one, the second one, um, isn't that the movie? Directly, yeah. Yeah, because the movie within the movie was just the first movie, wasn't it? In the second? E- Pretty much? I can't, I can't remember what she's watching. Okay. I actually think she's watching the Nostradamus movie. Okay, that could be. In Demons too. But right. that one's more direct. Like the actual yeah. comes out of the TV. Out of the, yeah. And and, it, and possesses her. Uh, right. So that was even more direct of what you're talking about. Antrim, that was the film I was trying to think of. Antrim, okay. Came out I, have, I have not seen that. I'll, I'll check it's, it out. It's okay. But right. it basically uses the same premise of a uh, mockumentary about a film that is so right. that, that actually is evil and causes yeah. you to go. I think, I think Mortal Remains is still on Amazon Prime if you, if you guys want to check that out. It's, mm. it's, it's fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a kind of cool thing. Um, I always like when, the, when a movie blurs the lines between reality and, and, and yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that would lead us to when everything kind of shit hits the fan and everything breaks out. Um, yep. Then it kind of turns into a very... Not a very straightforward, but a fairly straightforward zombie uh, siege movie for a little while. Yeah. There. Um, You know, they're all running from place A to place B, getting picked off one by one, getting turned one by one. Um, I will say, I think in this one, they work together better than in a lot of zombie movies. Um, True. I was going to say that the the only thing that's really missing is that in zombie films, there's usually some sort of internal conflict. Right. And you Uh, think, and you would think, you know, going in that maybe like the pimp would be the one who turns out to be a shithead, but he kind of does. He he does in a way, but I mean, they do work well together. Yeah. I mean, he basically starts telling people what to do and they just basically decide to do it. Right. Uh, right. And then uh, at one point, somebody does disagree with him, but all he basically does is just call the guy an asshole and someone else helps him. And then he gets yeah. bumped off. Right. It doesn't last long once that no. once that point begins. And then he's sort of set up to sort of be the lead demon and all the right. group shots he's in front. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, um, where he's got the glowing eyes and stuff. But yeah, I mean like uh uh the the pimp character mm-hmm. uh is the one so it's kind of like immediately calling calling the shots. 
Right. He's also quickly established as the only one who's actually a physical threat at the beginning. Right. You know, but he's the, the one that played. Yeah. You know. And he would be the one who would be of this group, the physical. You would threat, think so. That's kind of his yeah. job. Is although by the time you be... get to the end of the film, George is apparently uh, a badass, pretty, pretty good at uh, you know using a, right. a katana while on a. <laughs> um, uh, that was. If you want to talk about what the fuck moments in this yeah. what the fuck movie, that's that's one of the great ones. Like uh, Chekhov's uh, Yamaha is in yeah. the beginning of the film, yeah. and the katana and a right. uh, and a Yamaha, and he uses and them that both demon mask. Yep. Why yeah, those just three objects going, together? What? Why is it even so gassed up and the keys are in it? You know, who exactly. knows? Um, yeah. It's perfectly drivable. Yeah. All right. And he knows how to do it. He knows how to drive it up and down stairs without any problem. Like And across seats. The yeah. Like, you know, there's a evil Knievel over here. Right. You know, and, and that's it's it's got a great sense of uh, escalation that, you know, the budget with the budget it had and i don't remember looking up exactly what the budget is but it's yeah. you know, italian horror film money so who the hell knows how far that goes um yeah yeah uh you know uh, it, it always escalates you know i'm gonna see if i can find the next because it starts uh, off it starts off you know the first gore every gore scene in this i think is is a standout gore scene um yeah. i've seen so many shots of this that were used in like you know horror mixtapes um you know the, obviously the beginning where uh the one hooker starts you know getting the pustules and uh the other zombie, uh, zombie demon, who's like her teeth pop out one by one. Yeah, that's a moment that kind of g- gives me the ickies, um, like like the razor blade did to you. I don't know, my teeth falling out is always. Oh, I, yeah, I have a hard time with that, but the, in this case, uh, the uh, the rubber kind of face effect thing just didn't translate to right. me. So right, um, but you know that it like escalates and it never lets up with the uh, the violence; just gets worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, it really does. They they start off, you know, they the uh, the blind guy gets his eyes gouged out, but then he keeps coming back, and then he finally turns into a demon, you know. <laughs> He's the one that spreads it outside the theater, yeah. Right, yeah. Outside the theater. Um, they do a good job of trying to escape the situation too. They first they start by going onto the balcony and throwing everything over the top and hoping. Well, that actually, that's not what they do first. They, they yeah, well, they they try to shut off the projector. Yeah, they which I. It's kind of unclear why they decided to do that, but I get it. Um, yeah, they think it's certainly would. Right. But yeah, they um, run to the, do- they they the run... doors. Yeah, yeah they try the, the doors. Wall. Yeah. Right. Um, going back to like Night of the Demons, you know, it was, it was nice to see everybody established together that, you know, what, oh, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, the, wall was, the wall was not here before. Yes. Right. Uh, then they go and, yeah, like they smash up the control room. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they try to hide on the second floor, but it's, it's hard to hide from the zombie demons when it's so easy to get turned into one. Um, yeah. And then they start, my favorite part is when they start breaking, like trying to break through the wall. Yeah. Um, you almost never see that in a horror film where they're like, well, this is just cinder block. We can knock yeah. through it. We can knock through it yeah. Or if you're in a regular house, you know, this is just, you know, a couple of boards of uh, drywall and, you know, maybe some wood. Uh, we could probably get through this guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then they get through it and they're like, oh. There's nothing here either, yeah. We're just in a brick room. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> and then they have a pretty, I, I thought, a pretty funny uh, uh, kind of shit attack mm-hmm. when they find out, there's no room, there's no door, it's more walls. <laughs> right. The women start shrieking I mean, hysterically. I mean, I would have been with them at that point. I'm like, nope, 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 yeah. nope, 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 nope. Can't be. Mm-mm. <laughs> We have two characters that try the uh, the uh, oddly spacious air conditioning. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They try the ducks. They try basically everything try except everything. for trying to go through the toilets. Um, yeah. <laughs> which would not work because yeah, they absolutely try everything. Uh, uh, which yeah. is nice because usually, usually, like I said, you know, the characters give up fairly quickly. Um, but you know, props to them because it, it also wasn't another movie where, like, you know, you're waiting an unspecified amount of time. Like even. Um, Maybe not Evil Dead One, but Evil Dead Two. It kind of felt like, well, if you could just make it to the sun's up, you're cool. Yeah. Um, you know, or slasher movies. You know, oh well, we could just wait it out until help comes. Fr- Friday the fourteenth, and or Saturday yeah. the fourteenth, and we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, this there's no sense of that. Like they're, they're and then obviously as it escalates um, to the point where a helicopter crashes through the the building, <laughs> helicopter out of nowhere out of nowhere, just a helicopter and and not a not a prop helicopter, an actual no, just, helicopter. Yeah, they just uh, boop. They just drop it through the roof. 
And then they, because I think they ended up that theater got torn that uh, torn down directly after the filming. So I think they were right. probably just not to drop a helicopter through. Not the not the theater that they used for the exterior exteriors. That was uh, a theater in West Berlin that's now a a, a nightclub. It's still there. But yeah. yeah, the abandoned theater they filmed the interiors and they were tearing down. So that's how they can go whole hog and just run yeah, the just, place up. Yeah, just drop a helicopter. Through. And that's where a lot of the uh, the on screen you know look of a good budget comes from. They can. They could destroy this I mean, building as much as they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah it right? certainly built uh, a lot of production value to it. Yeah. Yeah. So then that uh, helicopter, and you know, e- even in a movie that like every five minutes it has something where you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> that helicopter. Uh, that was after. That was even after the uh, the motorcycle samurai part, uh, yeah. which may be the most ridiculous part, but it's certainly the first time I was watching it. You know, the last thing on my mind was a helicopter is going to drop through yeah. the roof. Yeah, then there's a um, helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. And then then that was the way they finally try to escape. And then uh, the masked guy at the top was just like poking him in the head, basically like, Nope. Nope. Can't come out. Yeah. He just starts pushing him down, like and knocking with this. He felt he looks like a like a cat trying like sitting on the top of a table. It's it's a, I, I feel yeah. like as for a last act, that's mm-hmm. a little I mean, if you're gonna go from helicopter crashing through roof to kind of like a slap fight on the roof. <laughs> I don't know. I just found it. I found it. I don't know if it was intentionally or unintentionally. I just found it hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's because that guy's like, I, uh, Anakin, I have the, I have the high ground here. I don't know what you're going to do. At least demons too had the, had the, uh, did have the intelligence to have Asia come back. Yeah. The the original demon came back to be the final boss of, right. Of demons too. And he's, he's not, yeah, you're, you know, if you're thinking of it as terms of the final boss, you're right. He's, he's not much of the final boss. No, um, he, just, he was a guy that was at the beginning of the film for a couple of minutes. And that's one and of the big, back. that's one of the big flaws I think in this movie is the ending. Um, yeah. I don't know how you wrap up a movie like this. Um, mm. I, other than just ending it. Um, but you know, from the point where they, they have the slap fight, uh, trying to get out through the hole, the hell, the helicopter made, mm. um, I don't know. I don't. I like the fact that you know you show that it is expanded and everybody's screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, to but, me, I would have just gotten rid of the slap fight. Uh, uh, right. Well, I mean, I probably would have replaced it with either. It had to be the hooker mm-hmm. shows up or right. the pimp shows up. Have him I would, be the maybe the pimp. Yeah. As the physical mm-hmm. challenge to in order to get through the hole, they have to get through right. this one last guy. But I mean, I, I think after that point, when we get mm-hmm. to the jump on the back of a truck and there's other survivors and we're going west i actually dig that i i dig it but it felt too much like every other um italian zombie film i've ever seen Mm. and up until that point it it doesn't it feels like a hodgepodge of all the you know great italian cuckoo bananas crazies yeah movies but then it just kind of turned into like you know zombie three or something you know at that point Mm -hmm. or I, I like I like bleak endings and bleak films, but it yeah. just felt a little out of place. Um, to I would have had I I think I would have had them not find a, a a jeep full of people with yeah. way too many weapons, and maybe just had them running and then just like maybe have them turn a corner and just a bunch of demons are standing there and just cut to black. Maybe uh, something like that. I um, I don't think I don't think the ending has the punch without her turning into a demon though. And yeah, that's, and that's, that's what I would like to. Yeah, I love that. That's one of the best uh, mid-credit stingers I, I've seen. Yeah, yeah, the credits were already rolling. Ever, yeah, it's just the back of her head. Right, the it's the rolling, it, and then she yeah, turns around. They do the main cast, and then you know you think it's going to be one of those like, oh, they're just going to keep on the shot until it finally slowly fades to black. Yeah, um, which so many movies do. Right, and then yeah, it turns into a whole other scene where she you know is a demon, and then. <laughs> like nothing ever happened. They just kind of knocked her out of the back of the truck. Like, yep, that's taken care of. Yep. But it's a nice, it's a nice final scare. Um, I like yes. that. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, like, but like I said, it's just that you have that little, like, you know, you have a helicopter through the roof and then you go to like, a, you know, a kind of a bullshit slap fight. Right. And then you can go, then you get to the final punch. But I mean, like, I mean, to the point where they could have just gotten out of the roof and found the Jeep. Right. You know, gotten down. It's it, yeah. I feel like it's the addition of the 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 family full of people with guns. I think is just mm-hmm. feels a little a little at odds with the rest of the movie. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it just didn't. No, I, I think I understand what you mean. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. We, we found other survivors, and it doesn't help that it's that annoying fucking kid from House at the Edge of the Cemetery or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that kid is like if you wanted me to draw a picture of an annoying little moppet, I would draw that kid. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that film in years, but yeah, oh, it's, it's a great. It's, I know it's great. Yeah, yeah, I love the I love the Fulci. Like there is no there is no story here whatsoever. Right, nut job uh, Italian yeah. stuff. Uh, I probably would take him for that anyway. I'd take him over Argento. Yeah, I think uh, Argento. Um, I love his films. So I love love the style of his films, but Fulci, yeah. Fulci like you said it's that weird you know nothing matters nothing yeah. needs to matter um everything just goes on dream logic and what to what cool things we think we can put on the screen exactly. um exactly. It, it shows that you don't have to invest too much time when you know what you're making yeah you don't have to invest all this time into having everything make sense people will just accept it if it's a good movie <laughs> it's the it's the mike nelson yeah. roadhouse uh principle right yeah you know mike nelson said roadhouse is a perfect movie and right. not necessarily say it's a great movie, but it's a film that the filmmakers knew exactly what film they wanted right. to make, and they went out and made that exact film. Yeah. There go, it is perfect by definition. Exactly, and that's that's how and that's deep I, as well. And you know? that's how I personally like to judge movies on like how well they achieved what they set out to do. And yeah, where didn't they achieve it? Okay, maybe the slap fight. <laughs> maybe. maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, a little bit more relatability. The characters might work well, work out too. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, I don't know if it was. I'm not major. there. Yeah, you're not even there for the characters no. for the most part. Um, I think I think it would have helped it along, especially in like you know the first half or when yeah. um, up until the point where they realize they can't escape and they can't get away. I think having more relatable characters would have helped a little. But yeah. you know, after that, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> It's ultimately the the beginning of the film is only an excuse for the rest of the film, right? And it's giving you the bare minimum of what it what needs to be done, yeah. so you'll you'll accept the rest. Yeah, one uh, one character trait per person, right? And we'll go from there. And again, like I said, these have to play to you know audiences in all different countries, speaking all different languages, and still hit the same way. And I think it's really good at that, and it shows everybody involved in it you know like we named sixteen thousand people at the beginning that are all you know genre veterans um they could probably do this stuff in their sleep if they tried although you know maybe dario argento needs to wake up now Um, (laughs) it's been a while since i've seen something that's really blown my socks off him yeah Um, i mean he, he he gets along on his name but uh it's fine he he earned it he earned it but yeah I think Guillermo del Toro said that. Like somebody said something like, "Do you think like Dario Argento should stop or something like that?" And Guillermo del Toro said mostly like, "Dario Argento can like basically just film whatever the hell anything he wants, he wants and right. it's totally justified." Yeah, uh, because that's how how good he was at least. Right. That uh, you know he can make movies as long as he wants to make movies. Yeah, and you know we we kind of <laughs> understated you know his involvement in this because yeah. like I said he was a producer he didn't direct it um he wasn't one of the main writers but you know these are all people he's worked with these are all people that he put together and i'm sure you know more than just adding his name to it i'm sure he was you know helping bang on doors to get the 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 thing put together absolutely um this is one of the last gasps of really um of the really good bonkers uh italian horror that you know was like Mm -hmm. from the late 70s to the mid 80s um yeah i think most of them ended up uh well, yeah, I mean, I know we're talking mid-80s, so we're, yeah. we're letting... We're 85 90s, here. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, Argento still made, you know, really good movies until the early, early 90s, 90s, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the age of the, you know, fuck it, we're, we're, we don't even need to make sense. We just need to fill up a trailer and fill up a movie with moments yeah. that are great mm-hmm. in the trailer. Um, you know, stuff like Zombies uh, or, you know, Zombie 2, if you want to call it that. Um we're kind yeah, of built yeah, on yeah. yeah 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 this is the sort of the end of a of an era in terms of the italian yeah and 1985 what a yeah. what a big year for um zombie movies yeah <laughs> yeah we, we had this and again i think this probably didn't open here till 86 but still probably yeah released first in 85 mm-hmm. you know same time as return of the living dead and day of the dead and you can mostly put all three of those together and see that they came from the same kind of era, even if they're going, even if Day of the Dead at least is coming at it in a completely different direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Then 
Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you could put this with Return of the Living Dead, and I think it would make a perfect double feature. Oh yeah, this oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. perfect. Yeah, and along with want, like, probably anything in Fulci's yeah resume, but yeah, right, or even like you know some of Bruno Mattei stuff. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it. I feel like this is one of like this and Suspiria are the two films if I wanted to show people like, you know, okay, what are my ideas of Italian horror yeah. from the era? These would be the two I'd show them because it gives them the most uh, range of stuff, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I would probably say I'd add, I'd throw in one of Argento's more giallo. Right. Uh, well, yeah, then I'd, well, then I'd but, do a couple, like uh, Profondo Rosso or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, Profondo Rosso. Uh, I think that opera had a lot of opera really, was really great. cool stuff yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, opera was the really I, movie that made I, me fall in love with uh, with Argento, but yeah. right. I feel like we need to do uh, one of these one of these years uh, an Argento month. Uh, that would be fun. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. But anyways, and, on this and, film and not mm-hmm. Suspiria, like we right. need to do like the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Suspiria is one of my all time favorite. Oh, I love but, Suspiria, but we don't. Nobody we, needs to talk about Suspiria yeah, ever again. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so how about any final thoughts on this film before we wrap up? I think, uh, I think we've covered it. Uh, I really do enjoy the film. Um, uh, it's uh, I'm not even usually normally a zombie guy or a gore guy, uh, but this film does work for me yeah. in, uh, in that sort of, uh, well, I think my favorite thing about this movie and demons too, as well is they make right. great for, for me, they make great background films. Yes. Uh, uh, they're, they're great party films because you can come yep. in and out whenever you want. Yep, you don't have to pay attention. You can do whatever you want. You can just look up every once in a while, and you'll see something cool. Right. And uh, and it will. Uh, it doesn't have to hold your attention. It right. doesn't. It doesn't insist on you paying attention. You're you're never you're never really gonna get. If you're not paying attention, you're not gonna get any more lost than the people who are paying attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, so, I mean, there's there's literally no plot. There's no right. story. There's nothing. There's just people getting bumped off in a movie theater. Right. And, uh, you know, there's nothing to really intellectualize about. I mean, you could yeah. make a few, you know, statements yeah. about censorship and about, right. you know, what, you know, the, the effect of cinema on people. Yeah, you can, you Argento can, claimed case, was sort of a point. A, but A case can be made about, you know, the environment, which it was made, um, you yeah. know, the, the environment at the time. Yeah. Um, if I really wanted to, like, you know, grasp for straws as far as metaphors, I mean, you know, this is when the AIDS crisis was getting really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could say and that almost anything that involves yeah, action. Exactly. That, yeah. Like I said, grasping at straws. Uh, yeah. But you could you could dig it in a little bit, but what's mm-hmm. the point? They what's didn't the, want to dig it into it. They didn't you want know? to dig into it, no. Right. Like I said, Argento made some statements at some point about the film uh, being about the effect of cinema on society that and censorship right. and um, I, I mean, if he says sure. it, sure. Right. I don't really see it on screen, but sure. Whatever, no, you know. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a silly movie mm-hmm. and sometimes those are great. Yeah. You know. I just want to watch a stupid movie. Yep. And uh, <laughs> our, our movie next week is just as stupid, if not stupider. So uh, right? it's going to be great. Yeah. Another, uh, another of my favorite, like, I don't like to call these bad movies, but I mean, the Spookies is a bad movie. This movie's a really bad movie. Let's be honest, yeah. It's, but I love it. Me um, too. Yeah. I think it, I think it'll be a nice uh, nice follow up to this though. I think it, absolutely. It, it's, I think it's they actually the same genre. Quite well, yeah. We need to connect quite well. All right. So if there's not anything else, we want to wrap this up. Sure. All um, right. So guys, uh, if if you haven't seen this one, go see it. Uh, then go watch Demons Two because it's awesome. Yeah. Um, if you're obsessive compulsive about movies like i am going well and watch the other seven of them um even if I've they have only, nothing to do with it i've only seen the church and demon three the ogre uh yeah i don't but, i have well you've obviously seen uh cemetery man haven't you oh yes i have yes yeah you're right I yeah have. i i fall off the same way i don't think i've seen the devil's daughter or the mask of the demons i think i Someday might have seen I'll the mask of the demons but, but yeah uh, but the church is great. Church is worth yeah. looking up to, into. I yeah, it's not, it's not. It's not. It's not a demons movie, but it's it's well, it's a movie with demons. I mean, yeah, it, it follows along the same kind of lines. But it's a it's a it's a fun. It's movie. pretty cool in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Yeah, go check out. Uh, go check out demons and Rip, um, Sam Bob and Nathaniel Bob say check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, we are at uh, at devils underscore at. You want to follow us on Twitter? Uh, I am at film hertz. I am at samael. And uh, we appreciate any uh, retweets or shares on Facebook. Anything you want to do for us, we really appreciate it. We're trying to reach more audience members. Yes. Uh, we ain't too proud to beg. And um, 
And yeah, uh, as usual, thank you very much for watching uh, or for listening. And uh, we will uh, we'll see you on down the road. Stay safe, kids. Stay safe. Uh, so thank you very much. Good night and namaste.